Welcome to the Spine and Rehab Specialist Podcast Series, episode number six. Um, we're going to switch gears a little bit uh, today. Last few weeks, we've talked about subjects like obesity, wellness. Uh, we had balance and vestibular rehab. But today, we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. And we're going to talk about the subject of motivation. Um, and no, please don't tune out. It's actually going to be a pretty interesting discussion. Today, I have with me Dr. Lucas Gilmore. And, you know, he's really been interested in that subject of motivation. So, Lucas, welcome to, you know, in what I believe will be an interesting podcast. Awesome. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Harry. Good. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Lucas. Started with us in uh, November last year, actually on my birthday. It was his first day. So I'll, I'll remember his, uh, his first day of work. Um, he's actually, you know, coming to us from Michigan. Uh, so that's a little different than all the other guests I've had on because they've all been El Pasoans and they've all been students in our clinic and that's why they joined us. So Lucas went a little bit of a, a different route. So Lucas, tell us a little bit about what brought you to El Paso. Why are you here? Yeah, so overall it's been a really uh, big change of scenery overall from Michigan to here. Um, it's been a great way for my wife and I to learn and grow and kind of immerse ourselves in a different culture that's been really good. Um, um, we've been really interested in moving to the southwest region of the U.S. and we saw the adventure of coming out here and we really enjoy hiking, outdoor stuff, and as well as the food and weather. So those are all things that we added definitely to the positive side. So we, uh, we've been really enjoying it here. Good. Sure. Yeah. Michigan in the winter versus El Paso in the winter. I don't <laughs> think that's a hard choice. I don't right, think you right. do a lot of uh, hiking in Michigan in the, in the winter time. So good. All right. So what got you interested in, in talking about motivation? Yeah. So motivation in general has always been really kind of a fascinating topic to me. Um, through undergrad, I minored in psychology and oh, have okay. always kind of had that kind of curiosity about it and um, kind of learning about the inner workings of the brain and kind of what kind of drives us to do certain things has always been kind of an enigma where it like you don't really know what does certain things and kind of diving deep into that and attempting to really break things down like that has always been kind of a really cool topic to really understand but uh, overall um, something especially as physical therapists it can really help guide us to do a better job and to really motivate our patients motivate ourselves even and mm -hmm. even our co-workers and everything around us and so um, it's been that's pretty much been the biggest reason why I'm interested yeah. in motivation good good yeah because I think we all I mean motivation we, we know what the word means right I mean I don't think that's that's necessarily a secret but I think there's a lot more to it than just you know I am motivated or I'm motivating you Absolutely. so so let's go a little bit of, into maybe a, a description or a definition of what is motivation what are we talking about yeah, so uh, briefly, uh, motivation is really just the process that initiates, guides, and maintains goal-driven goal behaviors. Um, is what causes you to act, whether it's simply getting a glass of water or um, reading a book to gain knowledge, um, completing some task at hand. Um, it kind of really drives those things. Um, and there's several key points that kind of shape shape motivation in general and uh, one it's the bio, bio, biological forces as well as emotional and social forces um, cognitive forces and among many other things so there's a lot of varial um, aspects to it but um, in layman's terms a good way to say motivation is why a person does something um, the driving force behind 
those human actions. And it doesn't always refer to the factors that activate the behaviors. That's one part of it. But it also involves the factors that direct, maintain these goal-driven behaviors and actions that um, are, though such motives are um, rarely observable, but um, we often infer these reasons um, why people do these things um, based on observable behaviors, which is always, isn't always 100% accurate, but it's the best we have at this current moment. Yeah, I guess sometimes you don't necessarily, you know, see it but that's kind of what we go with right motivation you know we we go with you know it's like oh this is what motivates me but i think a lot of times it's kind of you know you know more deep inside than necessarily what's what's on the surface absolutely absolutely yeah so um yeah we can typically break this down into um three separate phases we kind of talked about the activation phase which is like what kind of starts the process of directing your behavior so um, this is where you change from not doing it to doing it, and it's that start. Then you have the persistence phase, which is that um, time variable where you are doing it and how long are you doing it for, so that persistence of that activation. And then, of course, there's the intensity of it. Is it low intensity? Is it high intensity? How strong is that persistence after that activation phase? So. That's an easy way to break it down of what movements and what actions we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a good way to put it. Okay. All right. Now, are there different types of, of motivation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, the best way to kind of break it down is into extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Okay. So... Um, if you want me to go deeper... Um, yeah, of- well, I, I think I already kind of have an idea where you're going with this. So extrinsic motivation is something that motivates you from you know, motivates you from the outside mm-hmm. and then intrinsic motivation is more from the inside right but we know that certainly you know sometimes people are are just driven right that's you know so that has to be intrinsic right, but let's right. let's start with extrinsic you know motivation so um lucas just tell us a little bit about what that is yeah so um actually there's a really good quote i like to reference for the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic and i'll kind of let you kind of decipher what you think of it Um, So the quote goes as, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So this is kind of a good summary, kind of breaking down the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic, because um, kind of like we talked about, or kind of like we mentioned, um, or you mentioned, is the extrinsic motivators are from the outside, right? Um, These are often rewards, trophies, money, bonuses, anything outside of you that are shaping your behavior or even instagram post if you're looking at the number of likes you get on that post that's another extrinsic motivator because you want to get that praise get that recognition Um, these are often very often very extremely powerful forces but often really short-lived so when you have that external force you can be pushed to drive in a certain direction for a short amount of time, but it's not often long lasting. It has a really diminishing return. Yeah, I can I can see that. So, which means you kind of have to do it all, you know, over and over again, right? I mean, you have to right. keep getting rewarded, right? Because you know, it's yeah, that that motivation doesn't really last. I can definitely mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things, kind of like you kind of hit on it really good. Is once you have that drive or those external rewards you constantly have to build more and more rewards in order to get the same potentiation of that. So you 
rely on more likes, more recognition, and it's always a higher level of recognition that you need to persist on growing to maintain where you're at. Yeah, I can see that in social media. It's like, okay, last time we got 43 <laughs> likes. Yep. So if we get 43 <laughs> likes again, that's just not good enough. I want 50 likes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I can definitely see that. Whereas intrinsic motivation, well, I'll, I'll actually give another good example for extrin uh, extrinsic motivation. Um, so these actually are typically good for redundant boring tasks mm -hmm. like um, a lot of jobs that you require they offer like a a pay scale where it's a piece rate so like if you're doing I actually did a job in undergrad that was a it was a factory based job it, it really did, did kind of suck but it was a piece rate job and everything that I got done I got a higher pay so every item that I did I got more pay so I was driven it was a really boring task but I was driven to get that pay rate right and, yeah, uh, so the, the money what really the was money probably was, the only motivation, right? Exactly, it wasn't something exactly. that, oh, I, I really want to do this it job. It was not something that I was passionate about whatsoever, but I wanted to get more and more, right? So that's a great example. Or even a parent forcing their child to um, study harder or stay in the room longer to get their homework done. They're, they might get it done, especially if it's a non, if, if it's a boring task. They might get it done and kind of work on that, but they're not going to it's not going to have a profound long lasting effect because they're going to like they're going to resent it over time and it's going to take more rewards, more candy bars, more $5 bills to keep them motivated to stay in their room to do their homework. Yeah, so yeah, I can I, I guess I can get that outside motivation. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's probably what we need to get done just like you needed your job to get through through grad school and I think we've all done things like that, but that's not really what we're looking for in the in the long run. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 good, it's valuable, yeah. but probably not the the greatest motivator. And especially when you look at it from a physical therapy, health, wellness perspective, that's not what we need. Not from from our perspective, that's not what we're trying to shoot for, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can tell a, you know, a patient, I mean, we can give them a reward for doing their exercises, but how far is it going to get? So, all right. So how about intrinsic motivation? You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So this is the one that obviously fascinates me the most. Um, intrinsic motivation are those that arise within the individual, like you kind of mentioned. And um, some a good example is kind of like doing a crossword puzzle or a complicated crossword puzzle that cr needs creativity to finish it for the full sole case of completing the crossword puzzle. There's really no reward. It's just your gratification of getting it done, right? So this often has that longer lasting kind of rejuvenating uh, boost to creativity and fulfillment that... Um, really leads to longer lasting effects and so a good example based on that parent with a child so if a parent is trying to teach their child why it's important to study hard and do good in school so then they can have a longer lasting achievement greater potential enjoy they can enjoy enjoy the learning process in itself so they're actually enjoying the, the journey of learning and studying if you can kind of help them guide that direction and which this ultimately increases the probability that the child can be creative in his and her his or her approach to the subject and it also internalizes their views and beliefs on whatever they're doing so this gives them greater autonomy and individualizes their growth potential 
Yeah, so now, you know, you kind of change it into now they want to do it, not because mm -hmm. they get that little reward at the end, the ice cream or the $5 or whatever, but, but you know, because they say they see like an ultimate goal of why they're wanting to do it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I can see where intrinsic motivation is, is definitely different and, you know, and, and probably better in the long run because you're probably going to get more done. And it's, so I guess to a certain point, it's it's from what's, you know, what's within you, right? I mean, it's I think yeah. everybody like has a different kind of drive. You know, some people are very driven and some people may not be quite as driven and, and, and that's okay. And that's mm -hmm. definitely your intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. um, but... I can also see where probably that intrinsic motivation can be enhanced with educating, you know, on, on why do, do, do people, you know, like like educating the kid to say, no, I just don't want you just to uh, to study, but I want you to study for this and this reason. Now that will increase their intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. So what Absolutely. are the benefits from that increased motivation? So, yeah, based on that long lasting effect that we kind of talked about, um, it helps improve the efficiency of people as they work towards goals. It helps people act in a positive way because it's beneficial to act in a positive way. There's no like, yeah, there's no external forces. It's all in within you. So you're, you're, you're seeing the value of it in itself and it encourages people to engage in health oriented behaviors. Um, it helps people avoid unhealthy or maladaptive behaviors that um, kind of lead to risk, high risk taking or addictiveness. So really changes your um, perspective from a high time preference or kind of like that um, instant gratification to more of a low time pref low time preference where you're looking at the greater long term lasting effects and you're looking at from a low low time preference. And overall, it just really helps people be more in control of their lives. Um, helps with well-being and happiness. There's numerous benefits to it for sure. Yeah, I can definitely see where motivation is very, very important just to, to shape everything that we do, you know, yeah. for the better in our life, not just that temporary thing. And, and still, we're going to have some of those and that's perfectly fine, but mm -hmm. definitely kind of look at the greater good and, and what we're trying to accomplish in, in our lives. So exactly. now... Okay, so we're still kind of looking just at the, the concept of, of motivation, but is there actually science behind it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, several studies that we can kind of talk about briefly. Um, so what they've done in research is um, Vanderbilt has actually demonstrated that um, dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter in your brain, often um, looked at as a, a, a pleasure um neurotransmitter in your brain um, actually is found to fire before reward external or internal is given and um, they've broken it down using brain mapping to define it di define groups as go-getters and slackers so the go-getters actually had a higher dopamine in the areas of motivation and reward whereas slackers quote unquote had more dopamine in the areas of emotion and risk so Oh, that's, that's a dangerous one because I can already see some of my employees saying, no, 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 I'm not a slacker, Harry. I just have low dopamine today. <laughs> exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> and then, um, you know how we um, talked earlier briefly about the creativity? Well, um, so, which is actually seen higher in intrinsically motivated people. Um, there's an actual um, candle problem. It's kind of a cool cool problem back it started back in 1945 and there was a spin-off experiment in 1962 where so you have basically there's a box over top of a table 
but the box has tacks in it and it also has uh, you have a candle so there's a, there's primary objects so you have a candle you have a, a box of tacks you have some uh, matches and then it's all over or all on a table in the corner of the room and the objective of the of the problem is to find a way to get the candle lit on the wall or above the table without the wax dripping on the on the table and you have to so you have that box of tacks and you have to figure out how to get that solution solved and um, so there were several un unsuccessful attempts people were trying to take the matches light the match melt the candle stick the candle to the wall that didn't work then they tried to actually tack the candle to the wall it didn't work because the tacks weren't big enough to fit through the candle to, to tack into the wall well with this they did a uh, experiment in 1962 where they broke it into two separate groups so one group got a monetary reward if they were successful to be the quickest in the group to complete the complete the problem of getting the candle on the wall and the other group was not offered any reward they just were told hey find a way as quickly as you can to get this candle to not drip on the table off the table and what they found was that the groups that the group that was not offered the monetary reward actually did way, way better at solving the problem in a quicker manner because they were doing it in a way that required them to think outside the box. So since the items were in a way that the box of tacks were seen as a box of tacks and not a box that could potentially hold the candle, they weren't thinking that way. Um, so the group that had the creativity to say, hey, this box can potentially hold this candle and we can actually tack the box to the wall, that group actually did better because it took creativity to do that. And what they found also, they did a complementary experiment where they had everything laying out where the box didn't was off now, not now identified as a attack box, but a potential object to help with the project. So. In that regard, since it was didn't require creativity, the group that did the the solved the issue the quickest was actually the one that got the monetary reward. Hmm. It's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. That is interesting. Yeah. 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 So having you know these exact rewards may not always work, right? It may actually right. kind of stifle creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, very much. So even like uh, painters, for example painters who are commissioned to do work they have a deadline they have especially if it's a short deadline where they have to get this thing done it's often not the best work that they could do because they don't have their the time variable the monetary reward of getting that work done isn't there so then they end up not doing very well whereas if they were just given just a free space to just dive right in and get into that kind of flow state where they're like right in the zone and working then they'll do the best yeah Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, all right. So now let's bring motivation kind of back into our world. So how does motivation relate to, you know, health and wellness and, and physical therapy? Yeah. So honestly, it's extremely applicable. So um, with health, motivation and physical therapy, um, helping people to 
create advanced creative ways to op as physical therapists especially create op uh, create ways that can optimize physical therapy care with through treatments ex exercises you can get really creative with exercises but more importantly helping patients to tap into that creative potential or intrinsic motivation to kind of live an active lifestyle on their own and kind of let them um, continue that lifestyle after their plan of care is complete and uh, as a patient once reminded me about something oh, the wise JT Killings once said <laughs> Physical therapy never stops, as it's something that always continues. And yeah. That really, that hit me home. That was a good one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of times with our patients, we have to kind of find what motivates somebody, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that patients are motivated by doing straight leg raises, three sets of 10. That's, that's probably right. not going to do it. But you kind of have to find, you know, ways. Yes, you, you may have to do the straight leg raises, three sets of 10, but this is where we're going with it. And I, I have a right. couple, of, couple of examples there. A couple of times we've actually had to really get to a patient to get them motivated, get them to see how they're doing by actually dancing with them. Because that was one of the, the things that yeah. they've missed the most. And that's what they really want to be able to get back to. And they really couldn't see how a certain exercise would get them there until we actually just did it. Put some music on and dance with the patient. And all of a sudden you <laughs> seem like, oh, wow, yes. Hey, I, I want to do my exercises. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Fantastic. So how, how do you apply this into you know, your work with patients? Yeah. So one of my favorite things is it's called motivational interviewing. And it's from a physical therapist perspective, it can help tremendously because it kind of taps into what we call, it's identified as change talk, which basically just, it shifts the perception from being a receiver of care to being an autonomous individual in charge of their own care in their lives. So for those who don't know much about motivational interviewing, yeah, change talk is essentially just kind of getting patients to talk their way into realizing what matters most to them. So the more we as PTs can kind of let patients ramble on about the positive benefits of health, wellness, and fitness, you're basically doing it right. So it's a kind of a very interesting concept, but going off of that, it really um, helps people to gain customized, individualized needs that is extremely important as knowing what matters most will help intrinsically motivate them to participate. And if you didn't listen on this past Sunday, on the Sunday Stroll, I kind of mentioned um, some good examples of like taking, uh, hanging out with your grandkids or going on that nice 5K run or even going on a vacation that that requires you to go on a certain distant hike. So all those are really intrinsically motivated goals that you can kind of set with your patients. And so goal setting is another. So we really want to work on having very specific goal setting during the initial evaluation throughout the care and that really address um, meeting certain milestones throughout the way. So very similar to your dancing example, that's something that they might have not seen before, but now because they see the benefits of doing the straight leg raise, which translates to more function, which translates them to being able to dance, now they see that potential like, wow, all these things that I've done have translated to these things that I want to do. Yeah. And so that's, that's super important. Yeah, and I think that's definitely where we have, you know, where we, we think a little bit different, not just, oh, I want to increase range of motion by 10 degrees or I want to improve strength from four plus to five minus over five, right. 
but really looking at no I, we, we want to get you back to, to doing this and have the patient really be be part of that and i think a lot of times you know that's what we do we ask patients what do we need to work on what do you want to work on what do you want to accomplish and that's mm-hmm. you know because that's that's their motivation and that will keep them you know motivated to, to a keep coming to therapy and, and finish the therapy and get their goals accomplished but Absolutely. also to keep going beyond that, right? Because, we, you know, like you want to keep doing this even, you know, as you get older, as time goes by, you still want to be able to, you know, work with your grandkids and you still want to be able to travel and all those those things. So I think mm-hmm. that becomes an excellent, you know, motivator. But yeah, yeah. but why is, is motivation so hard, right? Because it's it doesn't come naturally to, to a lot of us. Yeah, well, a lot of it is kind of all in your head. You have to really change your perception of how you think and how you, like, kind of perceive the way you are in control of yourself to maximize your autonomy and ultimately accountability. So you have to kind of resist, think of it as a receiver, whereas you're like, I must or have to do this, or I cannot do this, and kind of think of it as a way of, I choose to do this because it's going to lead to a greater outcome. I am realizing that effort creates excellence that kind of increases over time. And I think if you really look at it from that perspective, it really changes you the way you think about it. Yeah, I, definitely, and I, I think we see that you know sometimes with patients. I had it this morning with a patient who, normally I kind of had to push her into do, doing just a little bit more, and I think she's you know seeing that you know everything we're doing is helping her, and all of a sudden today she did way more than I would have expected her to do anyway, <laughs> just on her own That's without awesome. me asking or anything. So she she I, I can see that more of a self-motivation now rather than me telling her well you just need to do this one more time you know it's almost like you know trust me you know it'll help you to get better she's like no i'm gonna do this three more times because i can see it helping me get better yes yes that's that's huge yeah and i think that's so nice for us to see in in, you know in the clinic when we see people kind of change that most of our patients when they first come in they don't really know what to expect or what's going to happen and you know they're in pain they they kind of don't want to be here but they know they need to be here to get better and then towards the end you see them really you know have that motivation say oh this this is great this works i'm really getting better i want to be here and i want to keep going so that's that's awesome to see that so amazing yeah it really is well um this is probably all the time we have for this podcast so lucas thank you very much for for being here for this very engaging interesting conversation about a kind of a different you know topic yes you're very welcome it's been great this is great yeah, and definitely if anybody has you know questions, you know, give us a call, you know, shoot us an email, something like that, and, and you know, because we'd love to keep talking about this. So um, thanks everybody for listening and tune in for our next podcast coming up soon.